following program is not intended for the close-minded, the foolish, or those not willing to think for themselves. The topics have been well-reasoned and well-researched. This is Thought of a Misanthrope. And welcome to Thoughts of a Misanthrope. I am Daniel, your host, and this is a podcast that dissects current events, daily news, and anything else that pisses me off. And there is a lot of shit that's pissing me off this past couple weeks. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Miss Michelle. How's it going? Yeah, things are great. I mean, we've been crazy busy with like so many things going on, but other than busy, yeah, life is great. Yeah, and of course, we are both uh, trying to get over these colds, so today we're coming at you with our sexy voices. Sexy radio voices. Mm. I don't know, it could be some creepy nighttime DJ, or Delilah. DJ Donovan! DJ Donovan, coming at you live! Yeah, I love (laughs) DJ Donovan! Alright, well, let's get to uh, a lot of idiots in the news. So... This Albuquerque firefighter is complete total dipshit, has since resigned since his stupidity, if stupidity is a strong enough word. Okay. Um, so after Jaden Chavez Silver was shot at a party, but I don't know who it was. It's kind of irrelevant who it was, but he was shot um, and bleeding out. And his friends attempted to get help from 911, only to have the call disconnected by a disgruntled dispatcher. I'm actually going to play the 911 call uh, right now. So yeah, um, he uh, he didn't make it, the teenager. Um, but you know, do know dispatchers ha- or the first responders had been called; they're on their way. Um, so I don't think you know. Obviously, the nine one one dispatcher isn't responsible for the kid's death. He did what he needed to do. The kid got the help he needed, but it was just wasn't enough. And you know, the responsibility solely lies with the shooter for his. His, oh, whatever it is. But, you know, I understand that everyone is equipped with the mentality to work in dispatch to handle, you know, high stress situations. Like, I honestly, I don't think I could do that. I, I couldn't handle a call like that. But this guy is a firefighter. He is trained to deal with high stress situations. It is his job to handle high stress situations and not overreact and be able to think straight, you know, whenever he's trying to put out a fire. So for me, it is completely unexcusable, his action, his response to the call, just because this teenager is freaking out because her friend is fucking dying. And he keeps asking her if he's breathing. Yeah, um, completely unacceptable is a term that I would use. Um, because obviously, this teenage girl does not have the equipment to handle a situation like that. So she's obviously freaking out. And the job of the dispatcher is to remain calm and give help. And, like, I understand there's probably, like, 
questions that he has to get answered along the way. And, like, he has to keep you talking and stuff like that. But that is completely inexcusable. I, I, I have no other words. I, I just can't. Like, I, I worked in a call center recently. And um, recently the Memphis Police Department was hiring dispatchers. And that was kind of going around my job just as a call center. Another call center was hiring. So it was kind of going around. But I knew that I didn't have the ability to talk to people through that and, like, try to remain calm. Like, I would freak out and, like, I wouldn't be able to. So you should know your limitations before you take a fucking job like that. Yeah. You should know if you can't handle it or if you've been there too long and you're totally jaded. Like, do something fucking else. Like, do something else. If you're not going to be helpful, that's just, there's no point in you even being there. Yeah, like at this point, it wasn't that he wasn't helpful, it's that he was actually like detrimental to the situation. Because I couldn't imagine what, you know, the people who were, the teenagers trying to help this guy were dealing whenever this, the 911 dis- dispatcher hung up on him. Because I can't imagine that helped situation at all. You know, at that point, his job is to make sure everybody stays calm and stays focused and not freak out. And that just and did not, I mean, just completely the opposite direction. And in other news, Senator Ted Cruz is a hypocritical moron, to put it lightly. Yeah. In more ways than just this one you're going to tell us. Oh, yeah. Like, he's just, he's too, I don't know, I just don't think he has maturity to actually be president. The fact that he's running is just absurd. He's obviously, you know, just kind of completely, like, polarized Congress and the nation almost single-handedly. We were actually talking about Ted Cruz last night at a Bernie Sanders event. Oh, yeah. And someone mentioned that Trump is just a moron, whereas, like, Ted Cruz is actually going to ruin and stop forward progress of our government and our people. Yeah. Like, Donald Trump, you know, is a moron, but he has no idea what he's doing. Ted Cruz actually is political. He has the experience to... A little bit, but yeah. A little bit, yeah. Not enough to actually to know what he's doing, but enough to destroy it and i just feel like he's so passionate about awful things that Mm -hmm. he's gonna do everything he can to make those awful things happen or the good things stop happening yeah and the problem is that he isn't he's he acts passionate but he doesn't actually believe the stuff he's saying he's just trying to get the votes like with um the death penalty he used to be a lawyer and he once defended a man who was innocent that was on death row for like 20 years and but the problem was that the DA actually withheld critical evidence from the defense. So this was actually, the evidence proved that he was innocent. But the DA ignored that for whatever reason they wanted to kill this guy. What state was this? I'm assuming Texas. <laughs> I mean, that's where he's from. Yeah. Well, from, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's really from Canada. But. Anyway. Irrelevant. We digress. Yes. And I... I'm completely against the death penalty. I, and the fact that he's he is for the death penalty just because he's trying to get, you know, the conservative vote. And he defend now he's defending capital punishment and our criminal justice system saying that, you know, we can trust the criminal justice system. But when he was defending the guy who was an innocent man being put to death, he was saying that the criminal justice system was shaky and couldn't be trusted. Obviously it can't. Right. I mean there's too, there's so many shitty cops out there and DA who just want a conviction, but don't actually obey the law, I guess. Yeah, and this is off topic here, because I know the point of this is the death penalty, but just the fact that we vote for our judges, 
Oh my god, that's, that's a, a whole nother, yeah. That, like I said, that's a rabbit trail. We don't have to go down, but that's just one of the many issues in our... Uh, we might go down it later in another episode. <laughs> we don't have time. But yeah, I used to be for the death penalty, and then after I became kind of liberal and I really did a lot of discovering of things for myself, I was conflicted mm-hmm. because I always kind of felt like, well, if you kill someone or if you do awful things, you deserve to die. You don't deserve to live. But based on statistics... Like, I agree with that, that idea. You know, but... Who is it for one man to judge a life like that? To say you don't get to live because you fucked up. Or you're a bad person even. Like, there's awful human beings on death row and that have, Mm -hmm. you know, life sentences without parole. There's awful people that are sentenced. But there's also innocent people. Yeah. And that's a huge problem. It's like, we can't go killing people if we can't be certain of their guilt or their innocence. Yeah. I mean, obviously, especially with, you know, Ted Cruz's case... The criminal justice system can't be trusted. Um, if you've listened to the podcast Serial, that it's actually a really good podcast. I love that <laughs> podcast. But if she follows this case, whether or not the guy is innocent is still up in the air. But you can tell from what she's found out that his... His case was mishandled. Yes. And that led to him being convicted, even though he might be innocent. And something that I love about this podcast, well, no spoilers, please go check out Serial. It's a great podcast. Season two should be coming out soon. So if you're into like court proceedings and stuff like that, check it out. Yes, definitely. Uh, But you mentioned, you know, innocent people being, you know, put to death. 4% of people um, sentenced to death are innocent. And just the idea that our criminal justice system is flawed to the point that 4% of people can be sentenced to death even though they did nothing wrong is scary enough for me to believe that the death penalty shouldn't exist. Yeah, definitely. And then, I mean, and on top of all that, the death penalty is a lot more expensive. I was shocked when you told me about this. Yes. Okay, so here's some fun facts. The cost of the death penalty for one person is $1.26 million. Sounds like a lot of money. The cost of life in prison is $740,000. Almost half as much as the death penalty. And then you have the risk of killing somebody who doesn't deserve to die. At least if they have life in prison, once they're proven innocent, they can at least get some semblance of a life back. But you can't undo death. And it costs $90,000 more a year to house somebody in death row than in prison. And the reason for, you know, the extra cost is the way the court works is the conviction and sentencing is all done in one trial for every case except for a death penalty if they're trying to get the death penalty. In those cases, the conviction is all one trial and then the sentencing is a completely separate trial. And then after that, there are appeals that go on for years. And it takes a long time. Like this guy, he was on death row for 20 years before he was finally proven innocent. It's just the cost is astronomical for a chance that you're only going to get a 96% right. Yeah, and there's actually, I don't know if you know about this, but there is a story in the news right now of a guy who's probably innocent and is on death row. Oh, yes, I saw that. I don't know anything about it. I just saw the headline. I meant to look into that. Um, the last I saw, the uh, I think it was a governor. It was in Oklahoma. I think so. The governor uh, 
stay the execution. I actually just saw that right before we started, is that the, the guy got a break. And Oklahoma seems to be in the news a lot about their um, justice system. Aren't they the ones who had the botched... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, what, in the past year or two? They had a botched yeah, and, execution? Mm-hmm. And that's one other thing, is that the execution style is inhumane. Um, but I'll actually link to it. John Oliver, who is amazing. Um, we'll talk, actually, we're actually going to talk about him later on. Oh, really? Yeah. I love John Oliver. Um, he actually did the entire like segment about the death penalty. I'll link to that in the show notes, so go definitely um, go check that out. Now this one, this one, this is a tough story. Um, there's a special needs student at the time that I researched it. His name had been released. I, I'm not going to talk about his name, who he is. It doesn't matter. Um, but a special needs student was pronounced dead last. Uh, I think it was like two weeks ago. After he was found on a school bus, uh, the, the student's mom called the school after he didn't come home on time. Faculty searched the bus that had taken him to school and found him unresponsive. So, it was a substitute bus driver, uh, so probably wasn't aware of, you know, the needs of the, the student. Because I think it was like, he wasn't like a child, he was like an adult that was going to um, some kind of, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but he was special needs. Um, so this driver probably wasn't aware, but I still don't think that excuses it, but they picked him up, got to school, I guess something out of his routine threw him off and he didn't know what to do. And since nobody gave him instructions, he just stayed on the bus and nobody realized it all day until he didn't come home and his mom realized it oh my god yeah i think it was i think the temperature got up to 90 degrees that day and he was stuck on the bus that's awful yeah but just the severe lack of oversight is what boggles my mind like i saw on the picture it was i mean these weren't like full-size buses these were like smaller buses like five or six rows and like all the buses in the lot were the same size so it's not like you couldn't just like look and not see i mean it's a short bus so the driver didn't check i feel like that should be just a thing like you should check the bus whenever you get off for a kid that's you know trying to skip school or something like check the bus make sure it's empty and then the fact that none of the staff realized that this wasn't normal Cause I don't know about you, like at my school, the rule was that you, your parents had to call if you weren't going to be in school. Otherwise, like you got in trouble, then they would call home and try to find out what's up. Oh, it wasn't like that at my school. Oh, really? Yeah. It was really easy to skip at my school. Ah, uh, not at my school. Not that I ever wanted to. But I mean, it's very, especially like in a special needs situation that... Right. When you know that this is a special needs child or if you're a special needs teacher, I feel like there should be more of a check-in system with the parents. Yeah. Like, where's the kid? Why isn't he here? There needs to be more communication. Maybe this was just a fluke. Maybe it's actually in place and this was just an error that happened. But that's a big fucking error. A kid died. Yeah. That's awful. That's just awful. Yeah. No excuse. How about something a little happier? Yes, please. John Oliver. 
Uh, John Oliver has influ- influenced a lot of people and has actually shut down the FCC website uh, when net neutrality first kind of became an issue. Um, because he sent so much traffic to the comments section that actually shut down the website. It was awesome. Uh, but now he's actually been cited by a court ruling from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Okay, for what? All right, let me let me uh, read you this quote. We do know, however, that the so-called insular cases, which establish a less than complete application of the Constitution in some U.S. territories, has been the subject of extensive ju- judicial, academic, and popular criticism. C.E.G. John Terulia, the insular cases, the establishment, blah blah blah. Uh, and then last week tonight with John Oliver, U.S. Territories YouTube, March eighth, two thousand fifteen. The he was talking about in that um. John Oliver is talking about how U.S. territories have absolutely no representation in government, but they, you know, the government controls everything about them, but they, they, they don't have a voice, which ironically is the reason that we fought for our independence from England. Oh, the irony. But anyway, I'll, I'll put the, the video in the, in the show notes, but I thought it was awesome that this court, this judge cited, you know, John Oliver's video and his influence yeah i think i've seen like um posts out there of like the changes that have happened as a result of his show and the tonight show tonight show uh i'm sorry the daily show with john oh yeah yeah well normally with john stewart yeah with trevor noah right so there these shows are satirical but they're actually creating change which is so awesome When, when you are so accessible to uh, a demographic that's able to make change, like our demographic. Yeah. I feel like it's like, what, maybe 20s to 30s is probably the biggest demographic, biggest age group. I don't know. Anyway. I think baby boomers would be the biggest. Really? No, I think I read something that like millennials actually outnumber baby boomers. That's or maybe insane. like the current generation being born. Uh, I don't know. But I think like millennials outnumber baby boomers. I feel like we're... <laughs> Excuse me. I feel like we're more involved. Maybe that's pure perception because I'm a millennial. I don't know. I feel with social media, we can be... It's a lot easier to be involved. Yeah, it's a lot easier to sign a petition. It's a lot easier to be informed. Like, I get... I signed up for one petition, and now I get, like, 20 petition signature requests a day in my inbox. Right. And it's... Like, for most of my research, I have... It's called Daily Costs. Mm-hmm. Um, they send me a daily of just kind of like their their top topics, and I find that's, you know, my information there. And it's so much easier just to be given the information I want rather than having to go through, you know, the New York Times, USA Today, all the newspapers to get all the information. Yeah. Yeah, the, the media has made it a lot easier to be informed, but it's also made it a lot easier to spread stupidity. Yeah. Which brings me to another John Oliver thing I saw today. Okay. I watched it without you. I hope that's okay. Oh. It was a short, like, three-minute video. All right, guys. Looks like this is going to be the last ever podcast of Thoughts of Misanthrope. <laughs> He's lying. He's How lying. dare you watch John Oliver without me? You know the rules. It was a short clip. So? And I now I can talk about it. Okay. So Inform me. If you've seen, I'm sure you've seen on Facebook, people saying, I declare that Facebook is not allowed to use oh. my pictures. It's like, well, you're that's, on Facebook. You're agreeing to the terms of service. Like That's, that's so old, too. That's, that was going on since MySpace. Yeah, it's been going around forever. It, it has made a comeback. But John Oliver... Um, made a short video saying how ridiculous it is. Yes. So. It's like, you agree to the terms and conditions, whether or not you read them, 
You did agree to them by signing up. Everything you post on Facebook belongs to Facebook. All your personal information. That's how they make money, by selling your personal information. If you don't want your stuff to be shared, then email it to someone. Don't put yeah. it out there for the whole world to see. Yeah. Or give them a call. Write them a letter. Right. Right. I, that's about the, the only secure way. I went out. Actually, don't make a phone call. I bet those... Yeah, you can just write a letter with pictures yeah. of your food and, yeah. um, you know, your workout summary. Find an old Kodak, the instant print kind, so nobody can see you. Yeah, there you go. Basically, the point is, like, your life isn't private anymore. Yeah, and people who think that it is are dumb. No, You're fucking yeah. dumb. Big Brother is out there. Like, I don't mean to be a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, just because the government has the ability to tap your phones, they're going to do it. Yeah. Like, they, they have the ability to do these things, and they can you know, manipulate the law to, to be within their rights to do these things. Like, like I said, I don't mean to be a conspiracy theorist, but I think that is really easy for the government or anyone really to get your information and tap mm-hmm. your phones and check your internet. And, you know, if you have a phone, you can be found. If you have a cell phone, yeah, you can be found. Like, does Google give you suggestions based on where you are? That's because your location services are turned on so it can track everywhere you go. Even if it's off, whenever your phone pings a new wet tower, that's how they know where they are and they keep track of all that. Google, your searches, like Google keeps, uh, has like a dossier on you. Like they have, they can accurately predict like how old you are, like your interests, your likes, your dislikes, all based on your Google searches and your traffic history. And Facebook does the same thing. Like, it knows what you post, what pages you like. It knows everything about you. And then they use that information, sell it to advertisers, and that's how they make their money. You're being watched and followed. Yeah. So. So the best way is, if this isn't, if it's not something that you want the world to know, don't put it on Facebook. Yeah. Because it, it, it can be found. Yeah. Even if you put your account on private and stuff. Yeah. Like, they can still find it. And if you don't want Google knowing what you're searching for because you're into some weird porn shit, use DuckDuckGo. They don't track anything. Like, they they keep no records of anything. Huh. Yeah. DuckDuckGo.com. Link it. Link it. Let me write that down. And the final story that I have, another happy story. Oh, yay. Two for... Okay, so I work long hours. Yes. I leave my house about 4.30 in the morning. If I'm lucky, I'll get home at 3. Most days, it's usually 4.30, 5 o'clock. That's a rarity. It's rare. Usually, it's It's getting better. I'm getting quicker. Um, But most days are, you know, 10 to 12 hour days for me. And my management is just keep, like, pushing more and more on. Maybe I shouldn't say this because I know a couple of them listen to this. Oh. Anyway, screw it. Look, they keep adding more and more work on, which I understand they're trying to, you know, boost productivity. But the fact is that if I had less to do, I'd be able to focus on what I'm doing. Because, like, right now, I'm just, like, flying through as much as I can because I have so much to do. And I don't want to be out there all day. I want a life. So, on that, a retirement home in Sweden has reduced the workload for a group of nurses. Um, they're now working six-hour days. I saw that. Yeah. So cool. And they're saying before that, um, here's a quote from one of them. I used to be exhausted all the time. I would come home from work and pass out on the sofa, says Lise Lott Peterson, um, an assistant nurse at, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the retirement home, um, but it's in Gothenburg. But now, but not now, I am much more alert. I have more energy for my work and also for my family life. 
just the fact that you have less time at work and more time to relax means that you're able to focus to do a better job while you are at work you're not tired all the time yeah happy workers are better workers exactly like ikea ikea increased the minimum wage just because Mm -hmm. of all their employees and they're going to do it again or maybe they've done it i don't know how old the story was Uh, but because their productivity went up so much that they're going to raise their uh, wages again because if you take care of your employees, your employees will take care of you. Yeah, I feel like that's been found over and over and over again. Yeah. And and there have been countless studies that have said that American workers are some of the most unhappy and unproductive because we're so, like, we our noses are pushed to the grindstone. Yeah. And even if you have one job and you're stressed out, a lot of people have multiple jobs. Yep. And they're just trying to put food on the table. Yeah. And the fact that they have to work so hard that they're, I mean, they're working to live they're not working to like enjoy life you know they're just Mm -hmm. trying to make it they don't have time to enjoy life and that just makes for a miserable person and someone who's miserable is not going to do well and they're not going to focus their job yeah it's just the way it goes because on one thing you know they're resentful for their job so they're going to do the bare minimum not to get fired right because like i know if i had more time to just relax I would be a lot happier at work. Well, I feel like, you know, you when you were ha- at your previous job, you worked seven days a week for, what, like six months? Yeah. Six months on end, you worked seven days a week. Didn't get a single day off for anything. Anything. And you were just miserable. Yeah. So now the fact that you at least get weekends off, yeah. that has that's changed a lot for you and for our, you know, the our way life. we live. Yeah. So I feel like that has helped. And if, if you weren't working... 11 hours a day you know that would that would just be better yeah yeah um i feel like this kind of took a turn kind of a little negative what the story this story yeah oh i mean it's a positive thing that that nursing home has done what they've done um but i know that it's not going to trickle over here especially if there's a chance i mean there's a lot of progressive politicians out there bernie sanders for one um that's really trying to push you know this agenda yeah, and, and I feel like that's a problem with conservatives. Maybe that's pure perception. I'm not sure. But I feel like, you know, they they don't want to create a living wage. And they feel like, didn't one of them even say that Americans should be working harder? Yeah, they I think Jeb working, did. Oh, God, fuck With an you. exclamation point. Yeah, when was the last day you worked the way that some of us do? Yeah. Like, we'd work harder if we didn't have to work as much. You, you said that conservatives want to work, you know, want us to work harder. And... A lot of that is because they say that, you know, a lot of businesses can't afford to pay their workers more. Fact, Walmart could pay all their employees like fourteen eighty nine and not have to raise prices on their products. But they don't do it. In fact, the government gives them like six point two billion dollars in subsidies. If we took away those subsidies, that's enough to cover like an increase for all their employees pay. I think it's something like that, something weird. But the fact is, in my opinion, is not all businesses are meant to succeed. If you can't pay your employees a living wage, then you don't deserve to be in business. It's kind of like the old adage, if you can't afford a tip, don't go out to eat. Exactly. And productivity, I think since the 70s, has gone up astronomically. Like, Americans are more productive than we've ever been. But wages are less than they've ever been. And, like, all the extra income is going to the top. And this, oh. is getting, this is getting really political. We, yeah, we could talk on this. And yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, um, polarize the audience, yeah. but I feel like... Oh, fuck it. Look, yeah. if you think that it's okay for people to make a starving wage, that people need to work 60 or 70 hours, you can go to fuck yourself. 
Like, there's no reason why somebody needs to work three jobs just so they can eat. And something that I don't understand, if we're going to go here, let's fucking go here. Something that I don't understand is why a lot of uh, Republicans, at least that I know, are in the lower and middle class and, like, lower middle class, yet the politics of conservatives is to protect the rich but you're not rich i don't understand like why are you trying to protect the rich and and you're not a part of that that doesn't apply to you that is hurting you that is hemorrhaging the middle class it's some sort of psychological thing um like everybody is a disenfranchised millionaire like everybody has potential to be a millionaire so they're fighting for those rights because they feel like you know that that's going to be them they're just going through a rough time something like that if i just keep working harder that yeah. that will be me no plus i mean politicians are pushing the american dream if you work hard you can be in the 1% no you can't no. that is not meant for everybody no it, it doesn't work like that but everybody should be able to have some free time, be able to take vacation, enjoy, you know, life, own a house. Paid maternity leave. Yeah. What the hell are we even talking about anymore? <laughs> <laughs> we got started on this and, and we've just gone down a rabbit trail. Yep. Anyway, these nurses now have, you know, they're a lot happier. They have, They work better. They have more free time. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think we should probably end it there before we uh, go down any more rabbit trails. Alrighty then, you actually shared the video with me earlier today. Uh, so we're going to end you with a YouTube video of, I would say the week, but we're not doing this consistent enough. Eventually it's going to be, the, we'll call it the YouTube video of the week. Why the hell not? Yeah, fuck it. So if you haven't seen the show Drunk History, pretty much they get some, usually it's a celebrity, uh, they make them learn some the historical event get them drunk and then explain it on a camera and then they have like a reenactment of them saying it uh fallout boy did something recently about same idea it was a drunk history of fallout boy and they had what's the name his name is brandon yuri he's the lead singer of panic in the disco okay uh sounds exactly like the lead singer of fallout boy does not he does and he did the drunk history of Fall Out Boy. So I'm going to play you a, a clip from that. Patrick's like, yo, I got a soul voice. And they're like, wait, how do you have a soul voice? And he's like, yo, watch this. And they're like, oh my God, that sounds like soul. So they put it in the song. It was like, where is your boy tonight? <laughs> and then they're like, yo, that's fucking perfect. This is Fall Out Boy. It's hilarious. Check it out. It'll be in the, uh, the show notes. I'll embed the video along with links to everything else that we talked about today. Hopefully, if I can remember everything we did. Um, check out the website, thoughtsofmisanthrope.com. Find today's episode at thoughtsofmisanthrope.com slash tome 007. Actually, no, fuck it. Tome 7. No double zeros. Just Tome 7. Um, and on the website, you can find links to all social media. I tweet, Facebook. Um, and you can find the episode on YouTube if you want to watch it there. And definitely subscribe. Uh, there are links to that as well. Do it! Oh, God. If you couldn't tell, that was the Shia LaBeouf thing. I was just picturing Shia LaBeouf in the green screen, and, and it just... Yeah, I... He took over for a second. The spirit of uh, spirit of Shia LaBeouf lives on. Spirit of Shia. 
That sounds like a movie. Yeah, it should be. Coming this fall. Luna does not like it. All right, guys, until next time. <laughs>